Episode 62 of Frame Skip, your weekly video game slash whatever in the world we want to talk about podcast. I am your host for this episode, Austin Eller. I'm joined by George Cam Newton Loftus. How are you doing, George? Pretty good, pretty good. Waiting to see if it's going to be George Mac Jones Loftus. Waiting to see if it's going to be George Johnu Smith Loftus. Uh, lots of options coming up. Who, who do you think is most li- what is it most likely to be in your opinion? Uh, I think Cam Newton is either going to start three games, two games. He's going to start two games, maybe just one game, or not at all. And then I got a feeling okay. that I'm going to be really excited by Johnny <laughs> Smith. I love I love a good two tight end scheme. Only thing better than a tight end, two tight ends. All about it. Well, that's that's great news. Glad to glad to hear that you might have a new name. That is potentially not Cam Newton. <laughs> yeah, I love it. I'm still gonna buy. A, I'm still gonna buy a Cam Newton jersey. <laughs> and then, of course, I'm also joined this week by the coach, Kyle Newman. How's it going, Coach? It is going good. Been 48 hours since I've had any narcotics in my body, so so that's... you're taken to drinking. Yes. And. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, that just the double whammy. The double whammy. I feel I feel bad asking this, especially since I've been on the show like almost a year at this point. Okay. But like where does the name coach come from? Because well, like, I coach. Okay. It right. wasn't just like you like the show coach, which is a great show. Oh, that's a good one. That's a eighty or nineties, isn't it? That's a beautiful show. Craig Craig yeah. Nilsson. Yeah, Craig T. Nielsen. It was at Minnesota, right? He was a football coach at Minnesota. Yeah. From what I remember. No. Um, no, so I coached, uh, and I was coaching when I met these guys, uh, swim, swim and water polo coach. Oh, super cool. Yeah. So since he's not coaching anymore, we need to start calling him Kyle. Well, or, or here's teach. the thing with that. Um, <laughs> Got to keep I that coach, CH nickname. I coach my students to pass the state exam there. But oh yeah, I, that's true. I, I, I'm getting out of it. Well, I hit 20 years in the military, uh, two years from October. So next, if I don't deploy, which I'll find out in the next couple months with my with my leg and if I need surgery. But if I don't deploy, then I will be moving back to Dallas about a year from now in the summer. You know, I'm going to stay one more year in El Paso. However, if I do deploy, then I'll just go a year act, uh, in 2023 instead of 2022. And I definitely start coaching then. So, and I almost got picked up by one of the biggest, uh, one of the best districts in swimming in Dallas last uh, summer when I was trying to look for work. But the only thing is they were going to give me this, the position and everything, but they didn't have a math position open. So they couldn't fit me in. So. Yeah, long story short, coach swimming water polo. <laughs> there you go. The question's finally That's answered awesome. that you've all been waiting for. <laughs> well, I feel like those are really underrepresented sports. Like my school, my high school, because it's, it's high school, right, coach? Yes. Okay. My yeah. school didn't even have a water polo team. Like we had a great swim team and like a, a pretty good dive team, but like water polo wasn't even a thing here. Yeah, most, um, most high schools will not, but on the West Coast, especially in California, that's like, sure. um, 
We've it's we've huge. all seen the OC coach. Yeah, we've all seen. We know how okay. popular and accurate the OC was. We right. know. So, <laughs> but swimming is huge in Texas. So that's funny because, I mean, it's so dry and and humid or if dry you, and like. Well, we don't wait to jump into the pool. <laughs> I don't know where after I it rains. You right? say it's so dry yeah. and human. Was it? No, I, I was trying to. I was trying to find the right word. I just, you know, I don't necessarily think of Texas and swimming. Is what I'm it's saying. But, yeah, that's fair. But uh, I, I well, get it. I, I mean, it is hot outside, so it makes sense that you would want to get in the water. Well, but it's we just, have we go ahead, George. Well, with the amount you talk about the Dallas Cowboys, you could have bet me a thousand dollars before this podcast started. Be like, oh, well, he was clearly like a defensive coordinator, like, right. or oh, he was like a wide receiver coach. Never in a million years would I have guessed uh, swimming and water polo. Yeah, I've been swimming all my life, but uh, out here because. Uh, of how cold it gets. It does get cold once you get into November, December. It can. So we have what they call natatoriums, which they're this, they're like huge facilities where um, they got seating and it's, uh, it's just, yeah, it's big. A lot of parent involvement. So uh, I'm excited to get back into it. Well, there oh, you cool. go. But there were, fun fact, <laughs> and we'll, we'll go on to the next topic in a second. But there were many, many times after our, I got done teaching because we always had morning practice. Right. So I'd have to be up at 4.30. So we would be streaming on Google Hangouts. <laughs> and I'd come home, I'd be exhausted, and I would fall asleep. And these guys would hear me snoring. Like, That's I would true. fall asleep on stream. And we would still be talking as Coach was, like, snoring yeah. in this chat. <laughs> it was a good uh, time. It was a good oh, time. Oh, those are fun times, man. Yeah. So, Coach, speaking of fun times, have you been playing anything fun this past week? Well, yesterday I was the first day I actually was like, okay, I got to pick a game and jump into it. And so um, I started playing Spider-Man. So the night before that, I, I did the update, opened up my Miles Morales, put in the code for the, 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 you know, the 4K update and all that stuff. And like, I legit, I was playing to like 145 this morning and it's so addicting going around and getting, um, the backpacks, taking the pictures, uh, the hideouts, you know, um, I mean, yeah, the story is so far is good, but just all the in-between stuff that you can do before you, you know, progress the story is just, it's amazing. I'm just, I'm loving it. Like I'm legitimately loving it. So I decided that I'm going to do my best to make this my first trophy, my first platinum. Awesome, man. That's a good one. Yeah. Yeah. It's not too bad. I was telling them off air that it's, it's a, it's a pretty straightforward platinum. It's just kind of time consuming um, for certain trophies, but yeah, it's, it's, it's very achievable. And I mean, I had fun the whole time I was doing it. So yeah, I like that. It doesn't ask you to do anything that isn't fun in the game. It just asks you to do the fun stuff a lot to the point where then it's up to you if it's still fun or not because you've done it so much. But you know how there's like other games where it's like I have to play a completely different way to get this trophy than I want to in the game, like the ideal play pattern for this game. But like Spider-Man doesn't do that. It's just like, hey, man, we we put a lot of time into these systems, max out these systems and you'll get every trophy, which I think is like a completely valid and probably like my preferred way for platinums. Um. And, you know, while I'm playing, I'm, 
I'm like low key comparing this to Arkham Knight, right? Because that's the latest yeah. and greatest from Rocksteady. And like, I, that's my favorite series. But I'll tell you, I didn't want to go back after Endgame. I didn't want to go back and do all the Riddler trophies. Like that wasn't fun to me. Sure. Doing all of these minor quests, you know, those are fun. You know, going around the city and taking the pictures and while you're doing that, you know, you're hitting runs and all that stuff. Right. So it's, it's making it, it, it's, it's fun to do those things. Whereas Arkham Knight is, I mean, it was a fun game, but like completing it, like I want to try and do uh, Spider-Man. It was not fun at all. It was definitely not fun at all. Yeah, I agree with that. Cause I, I played a lot of Arkham Knight and then I got to the end and I think it was like to get the full ending, you had to get all the Riddler trophies. And I was just like, this just is not Mm-mm. enjoyable to do this. So I just stopped. But no, YouTube. I mean, I 100. Yeah, I 100 percented Spider-Man and I just had a blast the whole time. And I think it's because they nailed the gameplay. I mean, every single thing you do just feels fun, like even just like traversing the city and, you know. Your, your basic stuff, going to find a, a backpack or whatever it may be. It's, it's, I always had fun with that game. And I'll definitely roll right immediately after. I'll roll right into Miles Morales. So I'll try, gonna, I'll gonna try say, and get yeah. both of those Platinums as my first. Um, yeah, dude. Like I, know, I know Seth was a little down on Miles Morales. I know he's just not super fond of that character yet because he doesn't think he's had like the big like defining Miles Morales justifying story. I disagree, but that's... You know, why everyone has an opinion so you can do stuff like that and have a conversation about it. I think the game is like that defining Miles Morales story. Like I thought the game was fantastic and I I'm so excited because it takes everything that was great about the Peter Parker Spider-Man game and just like trims all the fat. Cause it's like, yo, we know you put a lot of time into this Peter Parker game. We're going to give you so much cool stuff to do, but you're never going to feel like you're drowning in stuff to do. So like, I, I loved it. And that was like a, 12 hour platinum i want to say like it was it wasn't hard but it was enjoyable like it was it was just a a really really well balanced i mean and and think about what they could do like they could kind of do something like the the mcu but in video games i'm talking about sony right Mm -hmm. there are some really good characters they could bring into this whole world um and and do something special I don't know if they will, you know, I, I hope we would see like a Venom game, you know. Um, Dude, you play as him in Ultimate Spider-Man and it's weird and it's awesome. Um, like half the missions in Ultimate Spider-Man on like original Xbox, PlayStation 2 and Xbox, you're, uh, GameCube, sorry, uh, you're bouncing back and forth between Ultimate Peter Parker and Ultimate Venom. And it's just such a different way to play. It's it's so cool. And yeah, I I would love it if they were able to introduce that. But like, I just, I'm not sure which license they have technically. So. Well, I think Sony has the whole spider verse, right? Yeah. But like, I don't know if they're like contractually yeah. obligated to only feature characters who may or may not be appearing in spinoff movies. Like, I don't know like how granular the, the details get because it, in terms of cross medium synergy marketing on all that yeah. stuff that I like, you hate, I work in advertising and I absolutely hate it. I think it ruins so many things. I don't know like what they're obligated to include, what they're obligated to not include. Um, I hope it's free reign because I think after playing Ratchet and Clank, I just like, yeah, I want Insomniac to somehow make three games a year because they yeah. are slowly becoming like my favorite developer. Did you platinum that? 
Uh, I platinum Rift Apart, and then I went back and platinum uh, the PlayStation Four one. Yeah. Oh, the 2016. Yeah. Good job. That wasn't no <laughs> easy feat, was it? It was incredibly more time consuming than I thought it was going to be. Yeah. Rift Apart was like a 12 hour platinum, and it was great. Uh, the 2061 was like a 35 hour platinum. Oh I, God! I, yeah. I bit off. I bit off a little bit more than I could chew. Oh, I'm like, oh I'll just yeah. finish this in a week, and I, I did not. Uh, yeah, I heard like, that that one was a little bit uh, difficult and time consuming to get. Not difficult, but definitely time consuming. And like, you just had to I'd be like, okay, I'm just going to farm here because I got I, I'm losing my mind. I don't know what else to do. I need to get every <laughs> weapon up to level ten. I guess I'm just going to keep dying to this boss and and just level up all my guns this way because I'm I'm going crazy. Coach, is there anything else you'd like to to bring up that you've been playing, or is it mostly just Spider Man? Nah, just mostly Spider Man. I mean, when I got my um, my Game Boy Advance, my original, I was playing um, uh, Superstar Saga, Mario and Luigi. But and yeah. everything's taken a backseat to Spider Man. Like I'm not gonna play yeah. anything or think about anything until I finish that platinum. I think that's the right move. And I, I think I'm curious to see what you think about the end of the story and like where things are gonna go next because. There's a lot of exciting things that could happen with the next Spider-Man game, I think. There, so. there, there'd be some breadcrumbs at the end. Yeah. I'm very excited, yeah. 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 But, I mean, we've already kind of moved into it a little bit, I think. But, George, what have you been playing this week? I know Ratchet & Clank is, is one of those games. Bro, I've played so much. I was off last week, so I've got two weeks worth of gaming to talk about. Um, played Ratchet & Clank Rift Apart, got that platinum. Played um, Ratchet & Clank PS4, got that platinum. Started to play Ratchet and Clank Full Frontal Assault, and that is like the MOBA game with Ratchet and Clank. I and did not like that game. Yeah. Why'd man, you like, choose that one? Because it was a 12 hour platinum, according to psnprofiles.com. <laughs> <laughs> what about the one that came out towards the end of the PS? Well, not really. It was uh, Into the Nexus, which is now yes. expensive. Yes, yes. Really glad I bought that one a while ago. Uh, it's like I a bought- $70 game. I went back and bought all of the Ratchet and Clank games in anticipation of Rift Apart. So I've got like the HD collection. I've got Tools of Destruction. I've got Into the Nexus. I've got um, Deadlocked, I think, is the only one that's available digitally. Or I just had that from PlayStation Plus. Like, we've got All for One, Future yeah. Imperfect. Like, I've, I've a crack in time. Like, I, I grabbed all the ones I could find that were like under $20 at the time. Uh, so I got lucky because apparently, like you said, some of those uh, shot yeah. up. And I started full frontal assault because it was supposed to be a super easy platinum and i'm sure it is if you're playing with another player so i might go on psm profiles and try to set up a session with someone else who wants to to grab that plat but man playing by yourself that game is such a chore um so i'm gonna stop it's like beautiful like also like all the animations that i thought were so amazing in rift apart i'm like oh well they were doing this on playstation 3 it just looks better on playstation 5 like the way ratchet's like ears moves every time he like runs or, or jumps or anything uh really impressive stuff for playstation 3 um, and then in the interest of cleaning up old Platinums, I went back, I started an evil playthrough on the original Infamous. That game is still awesome. Um, yep. and playing it on hard evil is the way to go. Cause you just don't have to care about hurting anyone. <laughs> so you can just be uh, an absolute maniac. And so I'm breezing through that already on mission 10. And I started like this morning. Um, besides that, I started playing God of War 2018 for the first time on my PlayStation five. And uh, that game is very, very special. I'm excited. I'm going to play some more. Tonight is game six, I believe, of the uh, NBA championships. So after the game, I'm going to go back to God of War for a little bit. 
And then Austin and I made a deal to start playing older games. And I've played two of mine so far. I've played Shadow Complex, like the uh, big uh, Metroidvania-style game made by Epic back in 2009-2010. That game's incredible. I cannot recommend that game enough. I'm playing that on PlayStation 4. I'm playing the remastered version. And it is so much fun. And it's got uh, Nathan Drake doing the voice. So you're just hanging out with a charming guy the entire time. And the game is super fast and just super fun. And it's getting me more excited for Metroid Dread. And um, I also played some Twin Snakes. And I need to be just so much more inebriated to play that game. Because I found that to be a struggle. I did not understand how you're supposed to do that game at all. I guess I'm just... I'm interested to, to see, like... Did it just not make sense, like the gameplay, or the gameplay didn't make sense? The actual like instructions don't make sense. I think I need it. Like I, I love like a naked UI where you don't see anything on screen except what you're supposed to see. But man, I need like a compass or something, just like telling me where to go because like I just I find the game very very obtuse in its design. Um, That's interesting. I never really had that problem. And I, I mean, I played the PS1 version first about seven years ago. But uh, to be fair, that was still seven years ago. I mean, I'm sure, sure it's still aged not not so great over the past seven years. But but I, I will say, though, I have heard people don't like Twin Snakes as much as the original version. So I don't know um, if it's necessarily something with Twin Snakes or not. I haven't played that that version specifically. That's gotcha. interesting, though. I was just kind of curious. Uh, I will I will figure out I, I think I need to do that game like with a guide because like I don't care about like enjoying the gameplay necessarily but like I do want to sort of dip my toes into a Hideo Kojima joint and just sort of like see the entire structure of like what a video game is to him because I've never actually beaten a Hideo Kojima game I don't think um, no I do think I know I haven't um, so I kind of want to like, I think I'm just going to restart the game on, like, very easy and just try to get through it as fast as I possibly can. Just to, like, absorb everything I can about the game. Because I don't I don't need the challenge at this point. You know, like, that's not why I'm playing games anymore. Yeah. Well, that's cool, though. I mean, you're doing better than I am. I haven't started any of my three games. So. Oh, my God. I gave you an extra <laughs> week, even, Austin. I know, George. But then, like, I was playing Miles Morales. And honestly, I should have just made that one of my games because I was, like, right at the start of it. <laughs> <laughs> when we when we did that list, and then now I'm playing Monster Hunter Stories too. You can do this. Is, you can, I'll give you like a bench sub in for for your games. Okay. <laughs> um, which I mean, Monster Hunter Stories too. The problem with that game is it's like a hundred hours long. So we'll see when I get around to things. And then of course next week, Flight Simulator is coming out on on Series X, which is like part of why I bought my Series X. So we'll see. I'll get to my games eventually, though. I promise. It'll probably be next month. All right. But, but I, I will get to them. And I, I do think the next one I'm going to do is, is still Quantum Break. I think that's, that's going to be the first one I, I play through when I do get to them. But um, yeah, I'm about probably 15 hours into to Monster Hunter Stories 2 right now and um, loving it. I, I really like it. Really, really like it. And I didn't play the first one, so I didn't really have any experience with it. Um, aside from knowing that it was like a turn-based RPG, kind of like Pokemon, where you get to collect the monsters and, you know, fight with them and have your party. And it's pretty similar. Um, but I 
I don't know. There's something about it that's just to me, it's kind of nice having like a Pokemon style game that has different mechanics. Like it's not necessarily type based. It uses more of like a rock, paper, scissors kind of thing. And so this is based off. This is your Yakuza like a dragon. Like this is your big series reinvention. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I'm really enjoying it. It's um, it's really cool. The art style is great. Love the art style in it, and the story is actually really interesting. I'm I'm very intrigued by what's going on, and which is unique for Monster Hunter because typically, like the mainline Monster Hunter games, don't really have much of a story, or if they do, um, it's not really worth paying attention to that much, aside from maybe in four. But it's been kind of nice to just jump back into like a, a turn-based RPG because I've tried to avoid them for a while because of how long they are. Yeah, and you know, I wasn't going to avoid this one just because it's Monster Hunter and I wanted to give it a shot. And so it's been kind of nice to get back into it. I don't know if I'll ever get around to beating it just because I've heard it's like 100 hours long. But um, I hope I do. I hope I do. As of right now, I'm, I'm motivated enough that I feel like I potentially could as long as I keep up at the the pace I am. But it, uh, it's it's a fascinating game. It's It's cool collecting the monsters and um the demo by the way if anyone has a switch and you're interested in the game seriously download the demo because it's like six hours long like it has the first six hours of the game in it and you can just keep on playing until you get to a certain story beat you can you know grind your monsters forever hypothetically gross without yeah i mean it's (laughs) yeah it's it's a great demo though seriously i mean i i um i didn't get my copy until a week after it came out and, um, I mean, I, I played that demo the whole week. And so just try out the demo if you're curious. But yeah, I'm loving that game. Loving that game. Awesome. And I did want to talk about quickly, too, just for like a, a brief moment. I picked up my Quest again, started playing some of my uh, Quest 2, my VR. And uh, downloaded this new game that just came out called Township Tale. And it's fascinating. It's a it's kind of like Rust or Ark or the Forest, where it's kind of like a survival, you know, go out and find materials and build these things and kill enemies. That way you can build a base and stay alive and um, you know, your your standard survival game, but it's in VR and it's only ten dollars and um it has online support and uh just wanted to say it's a really fun game so far. So if you're if you're into stuff like that. $10 on the quest township tail buy it damn 10 bucks can't beat that uh really quick before moving on to um i have apple arcade and monster hunter stories plus just joined apple arcade so for five dollars a month you could play the original game and it's had like all in-game uh purchases removed so you just get the, like it, you get to just play the game i guess like the way the developers uh maybe not intended but the way it probably should have been released um and also, I totally forgot, I grabbed Skyward Sword on Switch. <laughs> and that game is frustrating as hell to play. I, <laughs> like, I only, I've only done it handheld, so I need to do it like yeah. the motion controls. Uh, but man, trying to like get the sword swinging, because it's mapped to the right analog stick. Yeah. And so like, not only do you have to, like if you want to swing left, you absolutely have to swing left, but before you have to draw the sword to the right. So it's just, it's relearning how to play. And it's so weird because your character moves so like, cumbersomely like you're like link himself just like looks like an idiot as he's walking 
but then there's just so much precise control with his right arm. <laughs> so it's a little, <laughs> it looks a little awkward seeing him just be like a bumbling idiot with three quarters of his body. And then like his, the right arm is like the only thing he actually has mastery of. Uh, but man, I, um, I haven't played this game since it launched on Wii and I had to stop playing it on Wii because I felt like I was always recalibrating my controller. But man, there's just something special about a Zelda game where you're just like, I'm going to sit down and spend four hours doing this. Um, How did it look? I thought it looked great. Like, I actually really like the art style. It looks a little washed out, but I think that makes it look a little bit more like mythic and almost like epic. Like it looks like almost not like Okami levels of watercolor, um, but still just like distinct and special. You know, it's interesting what Nintendo does with that series, or at least the the producer. I forget his name. Um, Aonuma. Aonuma. Yeah. Yeah. So you look at you look at um, Ocarina of Time, right? And that was it was it was dark, right? I mean, it did have some light side parts, but it was dark. And then you get um, Wind Waker, which is bright, you know, and colorful. And then it goes back to dark with Twilight Princess. And then with Skyward Sword, it merges the two together almost, it seems like. And then, of course, with Breath of the Wild, it does, I think, a perfect balance of the dark and the lighter color texture. Or not color textures, but the color palettes, I guess you could say. I think think you're on to something, yeah. Yeah. I totally forgot. This is is where, like, the the stamina bar comes from. I completely forgot that it was in Skyward yeah. Sword. Yeah. Uh, George, I was going to ask you, I've heard a lot of people complain about the way the camera works as well. Like that you have to, what is it? You hold the left bumper or something and yeah, that's you hold, what activates you hold, the camera. Yeah. You hold the left trigger and then you're able to sort of like move. Well, it's just because like the, the sword is completely mapped to the right analog stick. And so you can use the right analog stick for the camera when you're holding the trigger. I'll be yeah. honest, I've forgotten that most of the time. And I'm pretty sure that like when your sword is sheathed, you get like at least minimal camera movement with the right stick without holding the trigger. Like I haven't really noticed it. And before long, like I didn't even realize I was holding the trigger down when I was like looking around. Like it became like that instinctual yeah. that quickly. Like that well, that felt like an older game. Like that felt like a like a PlayStation one game or something. I was just going to say though, it would almost to me, and I've heard a few people make this reference. It would almost make more sense to make that button, your draw sword button and then use the right stick. But maybe I'm just, Oh, that makes sense. I don't know. Oh, that actually, that I feel like if they had reversed it, that would have made things like drastically better. The thing that would make that tough is I can't remember if it's the trigger above it or if it's trigger on the other side, I believe it's a trigger above it on the left joy con. That's what like locks onto an, Oh, the lock on. Yeah. Okay. And so I, I, don't, just know, I don't know if holding them both would be awkward just because I've only yeah. ever done that by accident. I, don't, I can't think of too many <laughs> games that do it. Um, I really like it. I recommend it. It's tough because I've been seeing a lot more Nintendo games go on sale recently. Yeah. Like going down to 40 bucks. So I, I don't want to tell anyone to spend 60 bucks. Like if like me, you've never finished this game. I'd say it's probably worth it. But I don't know. Like, I mean, I almost bought Donkey Kong Tropical Freeze because it was oh, the, cheap, the cheapest I've ever oh. seen it at forty to, at forty two dollars. Yeah. Such a good game, man. It's it's one of my favorite games. Yeah, I loved it on Wii U oh, when I bought man. it for twenty dollars. It was great. <laughs> yeah. I wish the Switch version would take a freaking hint and uh, drop below forty just once. Yeah. Do you guys hope that maybe next year? Because I see Breath of the Wild coming out in twenty twenty three. And I think that 
for maybe the um, holiday season next year, we'll get Wind Waker HD and Twilight Princess. Do you? Uh... Oh, I don't know. I think that's ambitious, man. I think like I think we're gonna get Splatoon three instead of either of those, and that's gonna be like the big holiday push. I hope we get Splatoon three. That would be amazing. Yeah. That is such an amazing game. That game is really good. Yep. And it'll blow up their servers, so. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I think, I guess that's about it for our our games we've been playing this week. So let's move on into some news stuff that has been going on this past week. There's actually actually some pretty big stories this week. Yeah, there's some pretty good things. There's some pretty good stories this week. Uh, George, I want to start with yours because I think it's absolutely fascinating that this is actually a news article. All right. Um, I'm going to, this is, this is our first time doing like a traditional episode in so long. I'm so excited. And I know like the evergreen episodes are more fun, but, uh, this was just too big of a news week to ignore the things we want to bring up. Um, so last week or five days ago, pardon me, five days ago, uh, Lucas Shaw from Bloomberg reported that Netflix is planning to add video games to its service in the next year and has hired Facebook VR's games content head and former head of mobile games at EA to run its new gaming division. And then the person who retweeted that was Mark Grumman, who is like a business analyst person. He retweeted uh, that quote again today. And he said, on earnings call now, Netflix confirms it is working on adding games and won't charge users extra for them. Uh, And then just shared that with uh, the story from last week. And you can find this at Mark Grumman on Twitter. I think this is kind of fascinating because this is getting into like my big problem with Netflix lately is that everyone had Netflix because everything was on Netflix. And then all of a sudden NBC was like, well, man, if so many people are watching the office, why don't we just have our own streaming service? And it's like, well, no, we watch the office so much because it was on the thing we already had. Everyone watched Parks and Rec and West Wing because it was on the thing we already had. And then slowly but surely like Netflix has lost value, at least to me. And I assume to a lot of other people. Just because Doctor Who wasn't there, just because The West Wing wasn't there, Parks and Rec, The Office, um, so many shows have just started appearing on native apps. Like The Twilight Zone, I don't believe is on Netflix anymore, because why would it be? It should be on CBS All Access or Paramount Plus or whatever, you know? And it sucks, because there was a lot of value in $10 of Netflix a month uh, when everything was on it. That has since become $40 a month to all uh, all the services. So if Netflix can introduce games uh, at no additional cost, I'm really curious what that looks like because I assume they're going to cater to where their platforms are streamed most. And in my head, at least the way I understand the model, that is tablets and mobile phones and smart TVs. So what type of games do we think can run on smart TVs and tablet and mobile? This is not reported anywhere. This is clearly, this is just purely speculation on my head. Um, Are PlayStation Netflix streamers, are they going to get better games? Are Xbox, are Nintendo? Because is there Netflix on Switch or is it just Hulu still? I don't think Netflix is on nope. Switch still. So. Good grief. All right, Nintendo. Yeah. Um, yeah, so what kind of games do we think are coming? I don't think anything too special. I think it's like... No. And also... Well, the only thing I can think of, and this isn't like a Netflix game, but they did that Stranger Things game like a couple years ago. Do you remember that? Yeah, it was like a top-down, uh, I believe. It was like a top-down yeah. Hotline Miami type of yeah. deal. Yeah, it was some sort of like pixel art based like indie um, Stranger Things game. That's like the only instance I can think of them even being connected to a game in any sense. So 
I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do. I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if they try to make mostly mobile games that can maybe be ported to like right. PS5 and stuff. Um, you know, more more in the line of like indie titles. Yeah. But I I see you and I raise you a couple things. You ready? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Uh, one, I think you just brought up a great point with indie games because what is that like Annapurna and like A twenty four? Isn't there some kind of partnership there? I think so. Okay, so that's just like two big indie studios from their respective yeah. mediums working together. Um, someone correct us on that, because I feel like that's 80% correct, but still a little <laughs> incorrect. Uh, so please hit, hit us up with uh, with corrections, because I'm not going to look that up right now. I'm, I'm recording a show, damn it. Um, the second thing I want to bring up is Bandersnatch, which was that interactive oh, yeah. Black Mirror episode. And so they just say video game content. I have no idea if that's like existing video game content which I would assume it was just because Netflix has a habit of taking libraries of old things and making them available. Right. Um, you know, until the, the rights holders decide like, Oh, we're actually big enough to be on our own. Sorry. I'm so pissed about, <laughs> about Netflix losing things. Everything. Um, yeah. But like an interactive TV thing like that, like that's really interesting. There was a recently, a directed DVD, like a Batman death in the family where it was based off like the old comic book, where people literally got to call into DC. There was like a 800 number, 900 number where you got to vote. If Jason Todd, the second Robin, the Robin at the time lived or died. And like by a vote of 75, like by a margin of 75 votes, Jason Todd got the crowbar from Joker, man. Like that dude was iced for like 20 years. Um, and so I wonder if they're going to start doing like, if that's a video game to them, which like, I think it, it absolutely could be. It's not that different than telltale, you know? Well, entire business model. Well, and even on that topic, um, Minecraft Story Mode is on Netflix, and that was previously yeah, that was previously a video game, obviously, and they put it on Netflix, and it essentially works the same way as like Bandersnatch or whatever, where like you choose certain things or dialogue options. And I haven't done it yet, but it's obviously that literally was a video game that is now on Netflix. So I. It'll be interesting to see if that's their focus. That's, um, that's fascinating, man. Terrible time to be alive, but a great time to play video games. Um, that's that's uh, exciting. Yeah. Not if you live that's in El Paso, I'll say that. Not a terrible <laughs> time to be alive if you live in El Paso. But remember, Netflix is the, is the ultimate definition of perseverance, right? They have outlasted this whole time, and they've had to, they've had to adapt. Every and they've come out successful every time, you know. It's it's so weird. They existed before the concept of streaming really did, you know. Yeah. Like bef- before, like you'd stream like live events, but like no one rented like movies digitally. No one did that digitally. They no. the fact that they, you're right, outlasted is like the the best possible word to use. Like they've gone through, they've survived every possible fad that was thrown at them. It's, it's so pretty remarkable. Do you guys remember the day? When you signed up for Netflix, do you remember that day? Uh, I don't remember the exact day, but it was like around January of 2010. Yeah. Yeah, I don't remember the day. I just remember my parents signed up and we start. It was obviously when the DVDs were still a thing and we would get the DVDs every month or whatever. Here's the deal. Here's why I became a PlayStation gamer. It's actually because of Netflix. Because I didn't care about online games because I grew up in the middle of the woods where I could not play online games. I had no sense of like online community. 
And so you needed to pay for Xbox Live to watch Netflix in the earliest of days. And I thought that was ridiculous. So I got a PlayStation 3 the Christmas 2009 because my dad was like, you're a movie major. Like, you're a film major. You love movies. Here's your first Blu-ray player. And it was like right when they introduced the Slim and it went on sale. And so I signed up for Netflix because it was free. All I had to do was wait a week to get a disc from Netflix that I had to put into my PlayStation 3 in order to access the digital streaming content. Yeah, it it was good times. I mean, like, even though they were like B-rated movies, you still had movies on demand, basically, right? Like these these movies. And you could just sign up to get, what was it, like one movie a month, three movies a month or whatever. I forget what it was. But then, you know, Blockbuster, they tried that model. There's a really yep. good, there's a really good uh, documentary. I love documentaries. And there's a really good documentary on Netflix and their evolution. You know, like, uh, it, it's, it's amazing what Netflix has done throughout the years. So I, I'm not counting them out on this. I don't think they're going to bite off more than they could chew. So it's not going to be like, Red Dead Redemption 3 if it ever comes out, right? <laughs> but it's going to be I think a good platform for maybe maybe indie titles to to jump on, you know, and it might be, you know, another another platform for uh developers to put their games well, on. Well, and I'm curious too if they try to go the I mean obviously it's a streaming service. They already have like they know how streaming works. I'm curious if they go the way of xcloud or stadia i mean i'm curious if they try to do kind of stream games through the you know through the app on your tv or whatever and all you need is their netflix controller or whatever it is and um i mean i think that could be fascinating too i just don't know as far as game development goes if they're like on that level or again if we should expect more like the kind of choose your own adventure type stuff or what we're talking about but i guess it's going to be a while before we know so well, that and <clears throat> I don't know, I mean, like you could stream Super Mario Brothers off a Game Boy Advance cart. I'm not saying Netflix is going to get Super Mario Brothers, but even if they just had like a hardcore 16 bit library, you know, like what if Mega Man Battle Network was on Netflix? That seems like a, a good platform for it because you're or already like, in you're already in the computer. Right. Or like Axiom Verge 2, you know, Tom Hap's Tom Hap, his upcoming game, which is. I think it's more along the 16-bit line, right? This game sure. would be a perfect place for him to put his games out there because yeah. he doesn't get the rec. I mean, everyone knows about Axiom Verge, right? How it's just like for Metroid fans that have not gotten any content for how many years, you know, this was their opportunity to jump into something really cool that had its own story that was definitely inspired by Metroid, you sure. know? And now that his new one that he's working on, um, you know, it'd be kind of cool to see him uh, be able to put that on there and and see how it works out, right? Yeah, and um, I think we're gonna wrap this up soon because we got a lot more to talk about. But before um, some parting thoughts, Netflix isn't afraid to cancel things that people love if it's not performing to their standards. So that's one thing that kind of scares me is that they're going to start this idea but never fully commit to it because they always have one foot at the door. Um. Another thing, I genuinely grew up loving like movie time games. They were the fastest games to go on sale, like a Walmart or, or Target or Toys R Us. So I played most of them, and like some of them were pretty 
darn good too. Like the Two Towers game on Xbox kicks ass. Like the Return of the King game on Xbox kicks ass. Bro, that was a good game. Like right that was by EA. Yeah, like those games were good. And so, like if this opens up, granted, it's not going to be for huge giant properties. But one of the things that helps make things huge giant properties is saturation across different mediums. And so, like maybe their next big movie will have a, a tie-in game. And this also opens a lot of exciting doors for exclusives across platforms too, you know? So it's like, okay, uh, to iPhone streamers, download this tie-in whatever to whatever, you know, for PlayStation. Like, this is a good way to sort of get exclusive stuff. And it's kind of like a minimal cost, I guess, for the developers, or sorry, for the uh, for the platform holders, where they just get sort of bonus content that makes their platform look great on a app or service that most people presumably have. So I think that's exciting. And I think yeah. we've, I think we've wrapped up the the Netflix thing, unless you guys have any rebuttals to. Well, to I was that. just going to say that my last thing is, is, and I'm, I mean, this is obvious, but I, I just have to say it. They've got to be looking at, at game pass and, and Apple arcade. I mean, I'm sure stuff like that is what has spurred this on. Mm-hmm. So it'll, it'll just be interesting to see what happens. And if they're, you know, trying to compete with that or trying to kind of do their own type of, of game service. Yeah. Also, Apple so. Arcade is dope. If you're buying a new iDevice soon, I recommend getting Apple TV because Ted Lasso is about to come out. But if you don't care about the greatest TV show of the last five years, uh, then please go for Apple Arcade. There's so many, so many games on it. So fun fact, I just bought like during the pandemic just because uh, I bought the 4K Apple TV, right? And love it. So. What what were you saying is coming out? Uh, Ted Lasso season two on Apple TV Plus. Okay, I'll just have to start watching <laughs> uh, that Ted first. Lasso that season fir- first season's already on. It's ten episodes. It's great. It's made by Bill Lawrence, the guy who did Scrubs and Cougar Town and Spin wow. City. And how's the gaming on it? How's the gaming there? Uh, Apple Arcade. I've only done it for mobile games, and it's great. Okay. They actually went back and remastered a whole bunch of like the original biggest games on iPhone. <laughs> And took out all the microtransactions. And so, like, you can play Angry Birds without them constantly saying, like, oh, your wow. energy's low. You can play Cut the Rope without them being That's like, oh, you, cool. you got to get more coins. Like, you can do Monster Hunter Stories Plus. And it's $5 a month, and there's a whole bunch of exclusive games. The idea, I think, is if a game launches on Apple Arcade Plus, it's exclusive there for X amount of months. Uh, but they just have, like, such a wide variety. Like, I spend most of my nights falling asleep doing, like, the crossword puzzle just through Apple oh, Arcade nice. Plus. Like, right. it's just dumb stuff like that. What was the game in 2012 where the dude made a billion dollars, but it was hard? It had like the Flappy Mario Bird. background. Flappy Bird. Flappy Bird, yep. man. That's it. That was, that, that's historical. That game is historical <laughs> because I was, I just moved back to Dallas and my students, that's all they could play. So once they got their work done, right? <laughs> trying this Flappy Bird crap, you know? <laughs> that game became a mini game in Goat Simulator. It's yep. called it was called Flappy Goat. And it Flappy was goat. it was awful. And you had to beat it to get like the platinum in that game. It's crazy how that game took over the world for like a couple weeks. That guy <laughs> was making well, I think because that was like a PewDiePie game that he featured. And so like there was minimal yeah. ads in the game. And the guy built it just because he was like, I just want to see if I could do it. And then yeah. he ended up making like fifty grand a day over yes. like a six month period, six week period yep. or whatever. And then he just started getting death threats about how bad his game was. He's like, all right, um, 
I don't need this. I'm just like a student in Thailand who made this game, but yeah, whatever. <laughs> All right. So to follow up on that one, coach. All right. You've got so, something interesting and, and disappointing for us. All right. Well, this is out of Japan, so it hasn't affected us yet. But we did talk about this. I think it was what last year talking about eShop shutting down eventually or something like yeah. that. Like yeah. some of the Central American countries, I believe it was. Yeah. But Japan, they're not shutting it down. But what they are saying is the following. Um, okay. So back in 2019, Nintendo announced 3DS and Wii U. Users located in Europe, Australia, and New Zealand would no longer be able to top up their eShop funds with a credit card. Now, Japan is part of this with Nintendo's customer support account on social media today confirming, excuse me, credit cards and prepaid cards will no longer be accepted as of 18 January 2022. However, you can still purchase the eShop cards and use those right. after. However, so how does that affect us? Well, I mean, at the top, it doesn't affect us because we could still go on and purchase. But with this announcement, I'm thinking it probably won't be too long until Nintendo of America follows suit. I mean, which is still fine because I believe you could still go into GameStop or Walmart, maybe not Walmart, but I'm sure GameStop, but you could, or you could probably purchase them on Amazon, right? Right. So it's just gonna be, it's gonna make it a little bit more difficult to purchase those games. And remember now, um, on the Wii U, the, uh, the Nintendo 64 emulator is horrible. However, <laughs> the NES and the Game Boy Advance emulators were like spot on. Yeah. So if if you uh, if you want to purchase some titles, and you know rather you know in the next few months or so, uh, I would definitely do that. Like I, I'll probably hit up um, the the three D or not the three DS, but the Game Boy Advance. Sorry, the Game Boy Advance uh, titles. Right. Man, yeah. You remember when like the WiiWare store was closing? Bro, yep. that was hard. That was. Bad. <laughs> So I completely misunderstood which store was closing and I came home from work and like I had gone out for a few beers with friends and I was just like telling them like, oh, yeah, it's going to go home, grab a couple of Nintendo games before the store closes. Ha ha ha. And I like ended up getting pretty drunk and I went home and I bought like $200 worth of games. And uh, like I said, I misunderstood which store was closing. So I just bought like N64 games on the Wii U because I thought that's what was closing. Oh, no. <laughs> It was awesome. I just played F Zero for like the next you know, month. <laughs> like it was great, but I did severely misunderstand, misinterpret what was happening. <laughs> yeah, um, I'm, I don't know. It's just the sign of the times, I guess. You know, with all the hoopla with uh, the PS3 and the Vita, you know, recently. Yeah. But you could still purchase through the Vita account, correct? For the to buy PSP games, yes, is that what you're talking about? Yes, yeah. So the what ended up happening, you might have been gone when this happened, but yeah, they I think obviously I they reversed their decision. So you can still buy, um, what what were they shutting down? The PS1 Classics, George, and then the PSP and the Vita store was supposedly what they were gonna. I thought they were shut shutting down, down the the PS3, the PSP, and the PS Vita store, like everything. Oh, was the PS3 too? Yeah. Okay. 
but eventually they reversed their decision. And so what eventually happened was, I think they only shut down the PSP store on the PSP. That so was now you that was s- shut down years ago, though. Oh, it was. Yeah. So, so you can still change? buy you can still buy PSP games through your Vita and through oh. PS3. Okay. Well, um, maybe they didn't change anything then. Then maybe they were just like, okay, never mind. We're not doing that's any of what this. it feels like. But I'm confused okay. because I've been reinstalling or downloading and like trying. It sucks because you can't move games in their order on your PlayStation Three. Yeah. So I've been constantly like downloading and then deleting and then reinstalling so I can get like the perfect sensical order for my PlayStation <laughs> One classics. And I can't download Final Fantasy Origin. Now, I'm never going to play Final Fantasy Origin, but I really wanted that to be the first Final Fantasy game that I installed. And so, like, I don't know if it's I can't purchase it or if I just, like, didn't own the license here because they gave out so many of those games as, like, PlayStation Plus titles back in the day. But I was, like, scrolling through my download list. I've got, like, over 800 games on my download list on PlayStation 3. So, like, I wasn't going to sit there and just scroll through all of it to find one PlayStation game. Uh, But I tried. So I was just like, all right, screw it. Like, maybe I just have the license. I'll just buy it. And it wouldn't let me add it to the cart. That's so weird. I have no idea Bro, if it's that PS3 if it's just that store. Game. Yeah. Oh that, god. That, oh. I remember I spent an afternoon on a Sunday. I forgot what title it was. I I remember I called. I think Austin. it was Ratchet and Clank. The, yeah. The remasters. Yes. Yeah. That's what it was. The Ratchet and Clank remasters, and it is a chore times one hundred to purchase anything on that store. I was like. How did we do it back then? I don't remember this. Dude, you even know? weirder, that was the PlayStation 4 store when it launched. Yeah. Oh like, in, the PlayStation 4 store looked exactly like that. Yeah. yeah. Down to the search function being the, the worst thing ever. Like, you're inputting a high, like a high score name on, like, an arcade back in, <laughs> in the mid-80s. It was terrible. You know, the, and the, the Wii store, it was easy to navigate. The only bad thing was... You could only buy one title at a time, right? Yeah. Yeah. So if you wanted to get like, if you wanted to purchase uh, like Legend of Zelda, uh, Adventure, um, any of the NES games, you had to do it one at a time. And I believe you had to enter your credit card every single time you did it too. I think you did. Yeah. So that was the chore for Nintendo, but it was easy to navigate, easy to, you know, it was, it was. It wasn't that difficult, but, you know. Also, they made it charming. Like, you know, like when your game was like downloading. Yeah, the music was great. And like the aesthetic was awesome. And it felt like the future in 2005 or 2006, whenever the Wii released, where it's just like, hey, guys, here's like that Y2K we promised you. And then like, I don't know if it's I might be confusing with the 3DS. But like when you're downloading something on the 3DS, the way it's like, like the, uh, like the clothes curtain like comes by and just like slowly fills up a box, yeah. right? Like I think that's yeah. how they did it yeah. on Wii as well. And it's just like, ah, oh, this is really cute. <laughs> like yeah. I'm into it. Well, I was just gonna say, I mean, it's the last thing I have to say on this, um, to go back to it though, the the 3DS and Wii U situation. Like Coach said, I think it's kind of just a sign of the times. Like obviously most of these things have to come to an end, but it's sad to me because once this happens here, I mean that essentially gives like a solid okay. Pretty soon you're not going to be able to buy anything because, yep. yeah, like you can you can get these refillable cards. But what about when they stop selling them like in a couple of years? At that point, it's over. And so. Um, so let me ask this before we move on. How important to the gaming industry was Steam itself in the fact of 
how you purchase games. How much of an impact do you think it had to Microsoft, Nintendo, and the Sony? I think it was really important to a point, but as these stores are closing and we're seeing what people are offering now, it is no longer important. Like, because Game Pass, you don't own the games. Nope. You know, with Nintendo Online for the Switch, you don't own the games. And that was that was low-key, like, the best part about that generation was the fact that you could go on PlayStation 3 and you could buy PlayStation 3, PlayStation 2, PlayStation 1 games. Like, it was the, until then, it was everything PlayStation you could ever want. The Nintendo Wii was, except GameCube, but you could play GameCube discs. Uh, so that, that part's forgiven, I guess. But, like, it was your Nintendo. It was your Super Nintendo. It was your Nintendo 64. It was your GameCube. It was, you know, it, like, it was everything except GBA and, and Game Boy. But, like, I don't know, the Wii U did that. Like, then it was just everything but GameCube, you know? Like, it was just... It was so weird how, like, preservation and history was, like, such a priority for those consoles. And we just so quickly shifted away from that as, yeah, as consumers, you know? It's so yeah, bizarre. Right. And you're talking about Game Pass, right? And, of course, we don't own it. But, you know, so let me give you an example for Fallout 4, right? So I was at GameStop. And I'm looking at it, they had Fallout, just a regular Fallout for like nine bucks, right? So I'm not going to buy that because when I did research, that's the version that's on Game Pass. What's not on Game Pass is the DLC for it. And the, if you want the DLC, you got to pay for it, right? Which is as much as what you can buy Fallout 4 Game of the Year edition for, um, you know, brand new. So this weekend, I, or this last week, I bought, I bought Fallout 4 Game of the Year Edition because I wanted to, to jump into that eventually and just to see, because I love post-apocalyptic games, right? But having Game Pass, okay, if I really want to get into the entire game and play the DLC, I'm going to have to buy that. So I went ahead, instead of using my Game Pass, I bought the disc. Right. So. Right. So you got to be careful when, yes, you have Game Pass or, you know, these other systems, but just make sure, you know, research, does it have everything that's in type, you know, yeah. for that game? And that's such a great thing to bring up because you're right. Steam did completely change the game when it came to digital distribution. Yep. When it came to the idea of finally owning these games that you wanted for so long. And do you guys remember, have you ever bought a PC game at a store? A long time ago. Just with I did one. Go ahead. No, just, actually, three. just with the giant boxes. Like yes. I just remember, yeah. like yep. the StarCraft, like Battle Chess, the Warcraft Battle Chess. Yep. Those are the yep. only games they'd keep in stock, or like the actual, like back in the '90s, like the giant, like bigger than most, like library editions <laughs> of atlases would just be these games that would come with like four floppy disks. It was the worst. And what's yeah. awesome is you can go. Uh, there's this chain. I, I didn't see any in Houston when I was out there um, in a couple months ago, but in Dallas, there's this uh, chain called Half Price Books, right? And so, of course, so they said, yeah. oh, bro, we, would, we would spend like probably three hours in there because not only do they have used books, right? But they have used vinyl. And it's not really new stuff. It's more older stuff. But if you're into 70s or 80s rock or country or whatever, you know, they got it there. Even uh, I'm sure they have uh, old disco there, too. but they also have good, um, it used to be, but now it's still pretty good, but they also have used video games. 
right? I just bought uh, two months ago when I was out there in Dallas, I just bought Mario Tennis for the Game Boy Color, you know? Hell yeah, um, that's, a good, that's a good one. I have that one. Yes. So uh, what was the point that we were trying to make with this? <laughs> Oh, just about like buying old games and just like how yeah. Steam completely changed the game when it came to right. digital distribution. Yeah. And- right. So, oh, for the the boxes, right? For the the mm. PC boxes. So, you know, you could find old Doom Three, you know, the PC like the battle chess. Every once in a while, because I, I always look for PC, and you could find like some really old school PC boxes. So, but yeah, I bought three. I got Rogue Squadron before it came to the Nintendo sixty four. Hell yeah. I got um, episode one racer on PC. Hell and yeah. then uh, I bought, um, what should we call it? Three. Uh, what's the remaster that's coming out by Blizzard? Diablo 2, right? So I bought mm-hmm. Diablo 3. I bought the PC version for that. Oh, very cool. So yeah. But the, the boxes for the PCs were always <laughs> cool, man. That's a good point. So we're talking about Steam. This is a good transition point. <laughs> Thanks, George. let's let's end off here on our on our last one um we talked about them changing the game and and changing things up this one's definitely a a change for them they announced this week the steam deck which is basically a portable gaming pc that looks eerily similar to a switch um i'm going to take some of this from the ign article it was announced in um Basically, spec-wise, it has a 7-inch 1280x800 screen. It's 60 hertz. It uses a custom AMD APU. And then um, it uses RDNA 2 for its, its GPU, and it has 16 gigs of RAM. So it's, it's actually like pretty, pretty decent hardware-wise. And um, this person in this IGN article said they were able to play Jedi Fallen Order on um, a, a Steam Deck at high graphical settings with little to no issue, is, is their quote. This is Tom Marks, by the way, on, on IGN. But just wanted to kind of talk about this because it's obviously taken the world by, by storm, or maybe it has, <laughs> I don't know, this past week. And um, I know pre-orders for the pre-orders have already gone up in the last week. And so a lot of people jumped in on that. and. Um, basically, you that's, pre-ordered the chance to be able to pre-order it God, later this year. That is incredible. Yeah. So, I mean, what do you guys think about this thing? Because for me, I don't see a use for it personally, um, but only because I already have a Switch. And, um, you know, I just, most of these games, I don't really play anything portable for the most part. And so if I'm going to play, you know, Jedi Fallen Order, I'm going to play it on my PS5. I'm not. I'm not I'm not gonna play it on my seven inch screen personally, but I know that's just like a, a personal use basis. I think it's cool. I still think it's cool tech. I just don't for me it's not something I would buy. I think this is dope. Like I think this is really cool. I don't think it's targeting consoles. I think it's targeting like laptops. Like gaming laptops specifically. Um and people who are I guess curious about PC gaming who are intimidated to build their own rig, which I get. I'm intimidated to build my own rig. Um, but like, I don't see this competing with any of the consoles, and I don't see this even competing with Switch. Really, like, I don't think this is like a viable handheld mobile platform. 
I think it's like way too intensive. I think it's awesome. I think it's really yeah. cool. Um, but you guys remember the steam machines that came out like maybe six years ago <laughs> where like valve yes. was like, yeah. Okay. We've streamlined the OS. We're going to make these like super small form factor PCs that are just designed to run games. And uh, it seemed like they were competing with consoles. And this is back when everyone was all doom and gloom about consoles yeah. and how the PC revolution was going to just sort of nip it in the bud. Those sold less than a million units combined. And like that was part of the problem was that everyone was sort of allowed to just do whatever they wanted and call it a Steam machine. So there was no brand sort of cohesion across the line, which I think is a problem. This doesn't seem to have that. Like it's just one model with three different SKUs. Right, with just like right. different size uh, solid state hard drives, right? Was that right? Right. That's the different price points. Uh, so yeah, I think it's competing with laptop gaming, but at the same time, there's so many games that are you'd rather play on a laptop than with a handheld. Like, yeah, I, I want a Steam, a Steam PC, so I could like play real time strategy games. And this looks like a nightmare to play real time strategy games on, you know. Yeah, well, and my my concern and I mean, forgive my ignorance because I haven't looked into it too much, but my concern is that you're right. It's not trying to compete with consoles necessarily. Um, It might be trying to compete with the switch, but I don't think it is competing with the switch. I think it's a different it's it's just a different market. Um, My concern is that because they are putting out this proprietary piece of tech. That can't be upgraded in any way. Um, there's no, I mean, you can't do anything with it. What you get is what you get. But it's running PC games. I mean, it's literally running your Steam library, is my understanding. Um, my concern is that, you know, with a console, those games are optimized for that specific hardware. Like when you get a PS5 game, that developer has put so much time into making sure that it runs very specifically on the GPU and CPU that is in the PS5. My concern here is that doesn't sound like that's going to be the case with this thing. It sounds like it's literally just running PC games on this hardware. And so I, again, maybe I'm wrong, but I, I, I think that in a couple years, like two or three years, if you're still trying to play modern games on this thing, I don't think it's going to hold up quite as well as they're saying that it is right now and so that would be my biggest concern is trying to run pc games on this proprietary piece of tech that's um, again able to run most games current games on like medium to to high settings i just don't know if it's going to hold up you know over the years but maybe that's just a a concern of mine and and not other people's I think that's valid because that's not just current games, right? Like that's current games and everything that's come out before and is currently available on Steam. And like that's that's a huge library. Like I don't mean to like knock that. Like that's nothing to scoff at. But man, that's also like so many games were designed to be played on PC and not with, you know, like with keyboard and mouse. And it's just like, all right, so you're kind of taking away like the one thing that made PC like a, a precise, exact platform. And it's again, right. it's it's so incredibly cool. Like I, I don't mean to to knock it at no, all. It's for like, sure. It's like this is basically what Sony would have to do to get back into like the handheld market, right? Like something this bold and ambitious, right? But you're totally right in that. Like 
those games these games are like made for their specific platforms and these pc games are are not they're made for hundreds of platforms right right and you know maybe i'm wrong maybe they maybe the developers of of certain games will start like optimizing their games specifically for this thing maybe that maybe that will happen it's just i feel a little weird because it's like it's running pc games but by all means like it it literally is a console i mean it it is a console by definition and so um i just don't know how that's going to mesh as far as like getting getting games to run that way without like this very specific optimization that that most console games have for their hardware okay so you you brought up a uh something that i didn't even know we'd go in that direction when you started talking about the steam machines remember before all of those prototypes came out one of the ces like in maybe 2012 had what was called the piston do you guys remember that it was i, don't remember that. I do yeah, not no. it was about uh i don't know four maybe six inches by six inches by three or maybe but that was the very first um quote unquote steam machine and the company went under it was it was a bad company mm. but there was a lot of hype you know there was a lot of hype and uh it's funny like when you mentioned the steam machines my first thought went back to that first prototype um that they announced at the um at CES but anyways my take is no it's not going up against it's not even going uh, not not consoles but it's i don't even think it's going up against uh game pass i think it's going up against um the epic game store just my i i think i don't know i could be wrong but um it's definitely for players that have steam accounts already i don't think moms you know in october and november are going to be going out trying to uh pre-order right uh this steam or this uh the steam deck for their child right so i just think it's another thing for a valve and to make them just more maybe profitable i don't know but the whole fiasco with the steam machines that's one thing but i think the uh what's their vr the vive yes that that's i think that's the best um like that's head and shoulders above everybody else as far as their their VR um, headsets. So at least they they did put a lot of money into that. So I'm thinking that they're going to put a lot of money into this, and this will be a good product, you know. But like I was telling you guys uh, earlier this week, when when the GameCube when the Dolphin emulator runs on it, okay, I'll be in. <laughs> yeah, sure. I no, and I think the the thing i think my biggest issue i have with it is that it's a very specific audience they're going for with this i think it's it's i mean like you said i think it's specifically for people that already have a steam account or um already are pc gamers who primarily play on steam to kind of add this into their experience i don't necessarily think maybe i'm wrong but i don't think people are going to go out and buy this that like don't pc game or um who haven't used steam before which you know again like we've talked about i don't i don't in that way i don't think it's competing with consoles um i'm just curious to see how well it sells like i i want to know how it's gonna perform sales wise because there has been a lot of hype but to be fair we're in 
the the atmosphere of people who are super into games and super into this stuff. And I just don't know if it's ever going to penetrate outside of that market. I don't know if there's ever going to be any mass appeal to this. Well, that and I feel like people are still super into spending money. You know, like, yeah, how hard yeah. is it to get anything you're looking for? Like collectibles are just a com- it's a completely gutted economy now. You know, like you right. can't find the old games anywhere. I can't find any action figures whenever I go to like Walmart or yeah. t- or Target or anything. Like they're always like it, it looks like a post apocalypse in there. Like, and right. the only like <laughs> survival equipment taken was you know McFarlane figures from from DC. Um, so I I think that this is probably coming out at the right time because it is just like here's a cool new toy that will justify all these dollars you've already spent. You know, and like if you spent. $3,500 on your gaming PC, which like isn't unreasonable amount to spend on a gaming PC. Why wouldn't you spend four to $600 on like an extension of that? So you could play, you know, your library, which again, probably if you build a $3,500 gaming rig, you probably spent a lot of money on games through steam. So why wouldn't you spend this just to enjoy those games when you're traveling, when you're in bed, when you're on the couch and like, you don't want to sit at your desk, you know? So like, I, I think, you guys both nailed it that this is like a perfect complimentary purchase to someone who's already very ingrained in the Steam ecosystem, but is unlikely to be like the principal purchase for someone trying to get into PC gaming. But do I want to play Jedi Fallen Order on a seven inch screen? I don't think so. Like the the good thing about like the Switch is like I never would play Breath of the Wild handheld. That's got that's a that's a big big tv type of game but there's other games on there like some just some rpgs or even smaller games that you can enjoy handheld but i just don't see these big triple a games on a seven inch well and to be fair we are excluding the fact that they are going to sell a dock for this thing so it is going to work similarly to the switch if you buy the dock but i have to say at that point if you've got this thing, you've bought the dock, it's like a Steam device, wouldn't you just play it on your PC at that point? I mean, or or like we talked about last week with Seth, use the the Steam link and just stream it to your TV if you want to play it on your TV. Um, you know, I, I I hate to keep repeating myself. So I, I think the last thing I'll say is that I, I agree with you, George. I think it it is it is a really cool piece of tech. I just don't necessarily know the the overall broad appeal for it. I don't know if there is one, but maybe there is, you know, maybe I, again, there's been a lot of excitement around it. So I'm curious to see what people think. I know, like, for example, Seth was saying he'd love to get one so he could play final fantasy 14 on it. And I could, you know, if, if there's a game you're really into that you play all the time and you could play it on this, I could for sure see a, a case where you would, you would buy one of these things, but I've never owned like a PC in my entire life. Like I had like an Alienware that I bought off a friend. I literally bought that just so I could play like Magic the Gathering Arena. And then like two months later, they added it to Mac. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm never going to turn this thing on anymore. But like even throughout the years, I've like somehow acquired like 20 games through Steam, you know, like whether it was just people like gifting me extra things they had or me drunkenly buying things on a sale because i'm like oh well if oblivion's a dollar 99 i'm not gonna not buy it you know like just like dumb (laughs) stuff like that and so like i don't know like what's your breaking point you know like if you have 10 games is that enough to convince you that like oh 10 games i've gotten over the years never played anything because i don't have a pc maybe now is it 15 is it 25 is it whatever you know like 
what's your tipping point for a library to convince you to spend 400 to 600 700 like i, I don't know how high it goes yeah. up i think it's 650 is the highest but like at least mistaken. at least 400 you know which like is a playstation 4 at launch you know like this they're treating this like it is like a brand new console which is super exciting i hope they back it up in a way that they did not back up steam machines yeah we'll see what happens i mean I, i'm just curious to see what people think of it i know elijah was one of the people that was able to get the the pre-order <laughs> for the pre-order so we'll see what he has to say about it and in, in a while and i'm sure we'll we'll get some feedback from people so i'm, I'm curious to see what it how it turns out i think this oh there he goes I think that this is something that will be out of stock on for a long time. Well, yeah, especially too, because it seems I think they're only selling it through their store, right? I don't know if it's going to be in stores, right? So Vive is always out of stock. Yeah, you can never find that thing. Yeah. So, all right. Well, let's wrap it up there then. I do have something our... to say real quick. Oh, go ahead. so I just wanted to um, say that. The article that I got um, my information from about the uh, Nintendo removing credit card, blah, 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 was from Nintendo Life, and it was Liam Doolin. So that's where I got my information from. Proper sourcing. There we go. Yes. (laughs) Integrity. Yeah, we we did it. Was it (laughs) Chicago style? Is that that what we did? I can't remember. I haven't had to source anything in a long time. We did MLA style. There you go. That's, that's... <laughs> Damn it. That, okay. Yeah. It was, it was, it's Chicago or MLA. Yeah, you're right. All right. So let's wrap it up there, though. Of course, you already know this if you're listening, but you can find Frame Skip on pretty much anything. If um, you have friends, please. If you have friends. Wow. Why did I word it that way? Please, please send the, the show to your friends and have them listen to us if they're into games or nerd culture or whatever it is. Please do so. It really does help get more people involved in the show and and get more people listening so we really appreciate it if you do that um leave a review if you're listening on a platform where you can do so like apple podcasts if you want to send us questions you can send us those questions at our question form bit.ly slash frame skip q that's bit.ly slash frame skip q you can also submit them to our gmail at frameskippodcast at gmail.com same thing goes for our social media pages. You can find us on Twitter and Instagram at FrameskipPod and then Facebook.com slash FrameskipPod. Uh, George is at GB Loftus. Coach is also at FrameskipPod. I am at Austin J. Eller. And then our two buddies who are not here tonight, Seth, he's at Seth the 90s kid. Don't follow him. Do Elijah. not follow him. <laughs> Elijah is at Loco Lizard Man. Follow him. So it's been a it's been a good episode. Are we done? It's good. I haven't seen Coach in forever. Me either. It's been a minute, man. It's my first time. First time time seeing without the beard. My dog's barking. Oh yeah, that's right. All right. (laughs) Yeah. Bye, everyone.